This is Zenshu, the podcast, episode 384, for the week of July 12th, 2015. Welcome to the podcast that cannot be recorded. My name is Mike Fujito EX. I don't remember how an episode starts because we've been so out of sorts. Welcome to Konzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Super Konzenshu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. This is one hell of an attempt to record a podcast. It only took us like 45 minutes. This is what happens when you get more than two of us attempting to do this. I think I already introduced myself. Heath, that is Hugio over there. How are you? I'm good. I know how to use a computer. Two computers in. We got Jake over there. Herms, how are you, sir? Hello. I do not know how to use a computer. No, but we have you sounding better than last time. So I think Yay. everything... If we can just keep it as is, we are okay. It's going to be the three of us. We had grand plans for as many people as possible, but it's not shaping out this episode. The fact that we've done this much in this span of time is kind of a miracle. So we're just going to roll with it. Guys, Dragon Ball Super has aired two episodes. I'm kind of beside myself right now. It's been an exciting weekend, an exciting last week or so. Heath, you're up late working on the website looks great everything's going well it's been a hell of a time though um i i kind of don't even know how to get into it this isn't going to be a regular episode we're not going to do news because the news really is the fact that dragon ball super has been airing in japan and that's going to be our topic we're going to talk about these two episodes we'll reference toyotaro's manga a little bit here and there we got a lot of questions from people on twitter right now there's so much to do we are getting into it dragon ball super episodes one and two let's go I suppose we have to start. We have to assume that every podcast episode is someone's first. Someone's coming into the franchise maybe new. That This is a crazy time to get into the franchise. If that's your case here, I don't think you really know what you've just gotten yourself into. Dragon Ball Super has just debuted in Japan. It's the first new TV series for Dragon Ball since Dragon Ball GT ended in 1997. Um, Heath, maybe you can talk to this a little bit. Bandai tried to do a new TV series, but other people said, no, what was the case here? Uh, yeah, so Bondi decided, hey, our our sales haven't been doing that great, and this was before Dragon Ball Heroes started. They approached Shueisha, who also approached Toei Animation, and they went to Akira Toriyama, the original author of the Dragon Ball manga series, and just asked him, hey, um, could you help us out a little? Maybe write some episodes. Let's do a new series. And he basically flat out told them no. And we know it's because Torishima, Toriyama's first editor, actually gave us all these tidbits in a recent interview. So it was kind of neat. Just real quick, these interviews, were these, I think they were done with Kaze, who was one of the mm-hmm. licensors over in France. France. Um, Yes. So Torishima, and this is the funny thing, he kind of claimed credit for <laughs> Dragon Ball I Kai know. when that didn't work out. He said, well, let's just use the old show. Yeah, because they, well, what they decided to do um, after Toriyama turned them down, he basically said, well, what if we just do the series without all the filler? Because that was always an issue. And they said, sure, let's do it. Well, Bondi almost had nothing to do with it at all. In mm-hmm. fact, they went off and did their own thing called Dragon Ball Heroes, which became way more successful, not only more successful than Dragon Ball Kai, but probably than what anybody had imagined mm-hmm. would happen with an arcade game. But yeah, so that is how we got Dragon Ball Kai. That was a thing. That's pretty that much happened. the story, right. <laughs> and so then, of course, after 
Dragon Ball Kai started, went on for a little bit. We did get Battle of Gods in 2013, and with the success of Battle of Gods, and like we were just talking about, let's be honest, with the success of Dragon Ball Heroes, it was time for a new series, and that's really where we are here. Jake, maybe you can talk a little bit, what is Toriyama's involvement with the Dragon Ball Supers? We had Battle of Gods, where he came into a production already in progress, threw some stuff out, and then he was at the forefront for Revival of F. Dragon Ball Supers kind of a combination of those two things. Yeah, so all he's been credited with so far is with the original idea for the plot and the characters. And he's also mentioned in um, the quote he's given for Super that he's going to be doing lots of character designs. Mm -hmm. So it seems some character designs he's doing directly, but it also seems like others aren't from him. Right. Like a lot of the alien, random aliens who have appeared in the first two episodes. Right, we'll get that kind of stuff from Yamamoro for the stuff Toriyama can't be bothered to do. And maybe this is skipping ahead a bit, but we know that the plot for the beginning of Super is an adaptation of the last two movies that came out, Battle of Gods and Revival of F. And presumably this was Toriyama's idea. Right. And this is the weird thing where, yeah, it's Toriyama's story. And the best way I can describe it, I think I've said this on the show before, the way to think of it is Toriyama's not working like day to day uh, or episode to episode on the story of the show. He's got this larger plot that he's delivered to Toei and to the writers there. It's kind of like, all right, let's go with this. And then the the plot point to plot point stuff is just filled in around that with um, you know, the rest of the writers and the animators there. Yeah. And that's Dragon Ball Super in a nutshell. So we're two episodes in here. It aired last week and we were t- I, uh, I'm just so incredibly excited and beside myself. I don't know how else to describe it. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. This is going to kind of be... I don't want to quite describe it as our Dragon Ball Super review of awesomeness because I I don't think we can really commit to a weekly schedule covering it in that regard. We're not going to give a recap of everything that happens. We have some larger discussions we want to have kind of surrounding the production, but also very individual specialized things about the episode. There's just a lot that we want to pick apart. And I think we're going to let the conversation go where it goes. I have a rough outline of how I want to guide things, but I mean, it's just so much mental here there's so many things to talk about i don't know where it's gonna go and we're just gonna have a good time uh getting into it guys i want to start here first things first your thoughts on the time frame for the series so dragon ball super we know is six months after the defeat of majin buu so ignoring what may happen with battle of gods and revival of f let's just say this is where the story is starting. What are your thoughts here? Is it is it too much to start cramming into this 10-year time period? We've already had Jump Super Animator Special Battle Gods Revival of F, but even ignoring them, is this a good point to start doing things? Or were you looking for, hoping for Toriyama to kind of go beyond what we've already had? Heath, I'll start with you. I don't know. That's a really tough question. In perspective, I think it's not really that difficult to cover 10 years in a series Mm -hmm. just because if you look back so many different points in the series that we think of really only occur in a day to a week yeah i mean the the blue arc in particular is two days at max yeah so there actually is a lot of time but it's like how drawn out can you make it Mm -hmm. so that people are still interested yeah and we've had so many time skips before that Mm -hmm. don't get this attention i think it's hard to divorce this question from how many productions we've had that insert themselves here it's just it's really weird because you almost think what could they do because you can't really go back to the uh, seven-year time skip between 
the end of the the cellar right. and into Gohan going to high school because even as Toriyama has said, wouldn't that be kind of boring? I mean, we already you can't develop too far beyond because all that development doesn't happen until later yeah so you only have certain areas that you can really even work with that's interesting Um, because if you go into this time skip you only have two mm -hmm. chapters of the manga so i mean what development is there you can kind of do whatever you want and it more or less works but you go into the cell arc time skip you've got movie nine that fits in there pretty well you've got the afterlife tournament that they developed to fit in there but afterlife tournament i mean what development do you get out of there you get paiku han as a character which they bring back for a movie (laughs) but it's it, even just in terms of of battles yeah um which is for me weird taking it in this direction but over you can't have anyone yeah 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 that gets stronger than boo mm-hmm. and our hero characters can't even get too much stronger because then the rest of the story doesn't even make sense which give it to toei they could probably make it work yeah but well jake let's go over to you what were your expectations here is this a good point in the series you think to start inserting things i think i'd prefer it if they had said it after the end of the manga you know with goku going off with oob but i don't mind it too much that they haven't i mean potentially like you said they could just go do that later on well they've definitely left it open to lead into that i think if they need to yeah but i guess my biggest curiosity is to see if they're to what extent they even bother having these events lead up to the, the, the last tournament from the manga and Oob and all that stuff. Right. Is that the end point here? Or are we going to, like, um, we'll get to this, like we're going to retell Battle of Gods and Revival of F. Are we going to retell the end of the manga? And then do we go beyond that? Or, again, is Oob the end point here? Is that what we're leading up to? Or will they just ignore that? Like, anything's on or off the table right now, it seems. Because as much as I like Oob, it's a little hard to care about that whole plot point like in light of all this stuff that happens in battle of the gods mm-hmm. and that will presumably be happening in super yeah is it though because i mean oops set up as oh we get a new hero for earth i want to pass it down to new heroes for earth and it seems like toriyama and toei aren't especially looking to develop Goten or Gohan or Trunks as those new saviors. So isn't Oob still relevant in that regard as the future new hero for Earth? Well, I guess he'd, he'd need a lot more training in this version of things to keep up with Beerus and right, right. all those guys. And I mean, the elephant in the room here remains in Dragon Ball GT. And we talked about this in our hype leading up to it. Um, Mary's viewpoint was she would love to see them take the really kind of devious artistic route and somehow still make it all work where like by not referencing it or yes or no like just leaving the opportunity open for it to still happen um seeing seeing where we're going heath uh, i think you were around for that conversation how do you feel about that yeah i would not be surprised at all if they didn't even address it like it's not even gonna get brought up and it's just gonna be one of those things of it's up to you fans whether you want it to be or not guys working we're gonna make it so it's plausible and but barely we're not going to definitively say anything i kind of want to say at this point another so with gt yeah basic plot of gt goku and friends go into outer space looking for the ultimate dragon balls (laughs) right toriyama has said that after this after super readapts battle of gods and revival of f the new storyline will be goku and friends going into a new universe to find the super dragon balls right so what do you think about that (laughs) Is GT really gone? 
I mean, yes and no. It's it's never gone from the out-of-universe perspective of you can always go buy it and there it is. But the in-universe perspective of, I mean, if we're retelling Battle of Gods and Revival of F, presumably, can we just retell GT? Like, is it going to be Toriyama's take on GT? And like, will we see evil dragons down the road? I mean, that's a possibility. That could be super weird and strange. Yeah, I mean, it almost seems like, I don't know, like maybe... GT has sub seeped into Toriyama's subconscious. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we do know he 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 didn't he wasn't involved in writing the story for GT, but when GT was starting up, he did give a kind of seal of approval to the basic elements of the storyline. So he is aware, or was at the time, of mm-hmm. like you know Goku being wished back into a kid and everyone going into outer space. Right, and as we saw recently with. Um, Dragon Ball Minus, the bonus chapter of Jocko, Toriyama's unopposed to just taking other people's creations and telling his own version of that story and just the the raw story plot point of Super Dragon Balls and going out into space kind of seems like that right now, so I'm completely excited to see where this is going to go. Just from a sit back and just kind of whistle, be like holy crap, I can't believe we're doing this kind of thing. It's just, it's weird in a way that they've had all of these new properties even when you include mm-hmm. GT, and all in one foul swoop, Toriyama can just come in and right. boom, they could all be, I don't want to say Ill- irrelevant, but as far as the main continuity of the overall mm-hmm. series, they all sort of fall into the backdrop of all of the other theatrical films. Of It's, it's almost like, well, we were testing the waters with these right, stories, right. and everyone really liked it, and we decided we can make a shitload more money if we just right. do Even this. with his own stuff. You know, or, or just Toriyama says, you know what? It'd be a lot easier. I'm tired of writing these movies. I'm just going to write one giant huge mm-hmm. book, send it to Toei, and say, these are my ideas for the next you know, five or six years. Right. Do this. And then now he's hands off. He's done. All he has to do is character design. That's a funny thing. Even with... You know, even it's with weird. his own stories, he can say, forget this and we'll go on. From I do want to move on uh, from the conversation here. Jake, I do want to toss it to you. Just one last wrap it up kind of thing. Heath mentioned continuity here. I saw you talking about this recently. Toei's idea of continuity and Toriyama's idea of continuity. Can you just talk to that real briefly? I mean, the thing is, I don't know if they have an idea of continuity. Right. <laughs> Beyond the basics of thank you, of like well, here is Goku and he's a super saiyan, and you know, like they're not, they don't think of these things in the same way fans do. They're not, they're not, yeah, they're not interested in making a cohesive timeline with like years assigned to everything. And I mean, it's it might it might be a little sad to say it, but they're obviously just in this for the money. So they they've uh, they've mm-hmm. judged that this approach is the most profitable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also weird because you, you hear a lot of fans talk about canonosity and, oh, well, Toriyama's involved, so now it's canon. And it's it's a really hard subject to govern. I know Jake has written a bunch about it. I think he's spoken about it. That just It's so hard because there's no official, this is what this is, this, yeah. you know, nobody's come out and said that. But we have learned in interviews from Toriyama... It's almost like in his head, the the manga series and the animated series are are two completely separate things. And I think that's a good way to even think about it. So it's almost like to him, this by him continuing this and being involved with those movies has nothing to do with the manga mm, series yeah. to him. So it's it's really weird because like Jake was saying, fans will sit here and scratch their head. They'll try to figure things out. Torima is not doing that. He's just, this sounds like a good idea. I want to write this. 
And he goes with it. It's something that people have been very resistant to when I bring it up. But when we have this larger conversation about what is the canon, a viewpoint I like to point out there, and I'm not saying I subscribe to this viewpoint, but I think it's a valid one. And that's the manga, as penned by Toriyama, in the pages of Weekly Shonen Jump from 1984 to 1995, that is the canonical series. Nothing else. It doesn't matter if he wrote it, came up with the idea for it, if it's even a manga. There's a valid viewpoint that that is the canonical series. Anything else doesn't count. And I think we're hitting a point here where Toriyama's writing over what he wrote himself, which itself wrote over previous things. Like, you can't define this conversation anymore. We've had examples like when Toriyama wrote a new ending for the Kanzenban. That's the big example I like to point out, which is Toriyama wrote it. It's manga. What's the real ending? Now we have Super. It's like Toriyama wrote other stuff. What's the real version? I don't think we're going to be able to answer those questions. I look forward to not being able to answer them. Yeah, like he helped write the Jump Super anime tour special with Takao Koyama. Yet this pretty much precedes that and completely overwrites it. So it's kind of weird. But when you ask, like, does is this real or does this count? What does that even mean, really? It's all just fictional stories. Well, the way I always sum it up is what I think people are asking, if they don't even know they're asking, is am I supposed to accept this new thing as being intended to always have happened, despite the fact that it's only being written now? Like, that's the underlying question of when someone says, is this canon? And I think every new production we get, Dragon Ball Super, especially here, makes that question impossible to answer. It's getting much much harder to even try to comprehend what's happening which i do like somebody's fan theory that was out there of it's just going to turn out that at the very end of super everything has always happened in multiple universes different timelines and (laughs) we're all gonna be fucked so all right we need to get into the content of episodes we've been talking for a while now we haven't even gotten to what actually happens in dragon ball super what's all the new excitement what's the new story here so let's start with episode one i mean so many exciting new things going on here um let's ignore all that let's talk about goten and trunks jake (laughs) what did you what did you think (laughs) about the uh this kind of side b story adventure with the goten and trunks it was cute but it was kind of an odd thing to include in the very first episode of this new series all right see i call shenanigans on your answer there because was it truly you think back to first episode of tbz we have gohan chasing a saber-toothed tiger around is it all that much different from something like that well that's what i'm saying there should have been a saber-toothed tiger Oh, okay i agree with you there we're on the same page <laughs> it's like this this whole series can't be canon without a saber-toothed tiger in the first episode agreed 100 percent. heath what about you that is very true that's why gt think doesn't about count? their uh, side adventure here i enjoyed it for what it was i mean I think I got the feeling that, oh, uh, Revival of F just came out and they weren't mm-hmm. in it. Give them some so time. maybe we should give them a little bit of the spotlight. You know, I to me, that's how it came off. But I thought it was good. Um, animation, we'll, we'll get into that. But <laughs> it did have a Dr. Slump vibe to it with Goten kind of just cluelessly giving Videl this ordinary water. Yeah, yeah. From just a river in the middle of nowhere. Right. Because he, you know, he's just, he doesn't understand the difference between water and like 
cosmetic face wash. Yeah, I thought it was cute in that regard. I think it had a lot of fun little punchlines that led up to just cuteness overall. And I was okay with that for the first episode because that kind of sums up every first episode of Dragon Ball, whether it's the original first episode or the Z first episode, the GT first episode. We kind of have these just fun little vignettes of cuteness going on along with story stuff as well. So let's jump over to the the main story going on, I guess, which is really just establishing shots and situations and locations for people. Um, We've established that Goku is bored and (laughs) working for money because uh, there's no money coming in really right now. So he's working on a tractor. Uh, Goten is overseeing him a little bit with regard to bringing lunch and doing a little work in the field on the side. Was Goten driving the tractor kind of the best thing ever? Pretty much. Yes. Anything about this? I guess we have to compare this to the manga version by Toyotaro. So if you're not aware, over in V-Jump, which is a separate publication that Shueisha does, it covers video games, yes, but it's kind of their main promotional print advert kind of thing for everything they're doing. Uh, Toyotaro, who wrote Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, um, he's since stopped working on that. He did the Revival of F three-chapter manga adaptation. He's doing the Dragon Ball Super manga adaptation. So while the first chapter of that happened to hit first ahead of the first episode of Super. It is an adaptation of the TV version. The manga is not really the the main product here. Um, It was a little different. With Goku, we got shots of him imagining kind of doing this image training of fighting Frieza and Cell and Majin Buu. We didn't get that in the TV version. There are a couple other differences here and there, like Beerus not mentioning Super Saiyan God, dealing with different aliens. Goten and Trunks, of course, had their big adventure. Um, Is there anything else you guys want to say about the difference between the two media here? I have to wonder if like for the scene with the aliens and beers, like that was that was so different between versions that I wonder if um, they just gave him like a little memo saying, oh, beers meets aliens Mm. because like the the design for the aliens completely different. Right. The the subplot in the manga where the aliens try and poison Beerus Mm -hmm. wasn't in the episode at all. So it's like, was that cut? Do you think that's going to come in episode three, for example, maybe? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, did they cut that? Is that later? Or Mm -hmm. is it something Toyotaro just came up himself? Right. Because we've seen him when he has to improvise, he can come up with some pretty cute jokes. Which is one thing I actually liked about the manga is it it does kind of differ a little bit from everything that happened. Because personally, I think it would be a little boring to, okay, I just watched this. Now I get to read the exact same thing and not even all of it, which leads to the other thing is we've only had one chapter released so far, so we're not even quite sure how this is going to play out. What is he doing with the series um, in manga form? So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I do like that it is a tad different or that he's inserting his own puns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time on the show we were talking about, will it be an episode-by-episode episode exact uh, adaptation, or will he jump ahead in the story to whatever's going to be airing there just to kind of keep up because he'll fall behind? What's going on here? The first chapter may be completely different because that's going to be the only one that will have debuted ahead of the TV version. So let's just talk about the the rest of the episode. It was the first episode, but I feel like there's, and it's probably just because we've seen episode two more recently, but I feel like there's more to talk about with episode two so just in the rest of episode one what did you guys think about it being a nice new establishing episode for a a new batch of stories um i guess let's talk about beerus and weiss a little bit what'd you think about their inclusion there heath i thought uh, initially on my first watch it was just kind of okay 
we know who these characters are, but only from because of other things that yeah. have happened. So it's kind of like they just got thrown in. So if you're not really too familiar, it's very what's going on here. Yeah, I am I the only one that kind of no, got that I, vibe? I definitely agree. I felt it was kind of shoehorned in, and you had to know who they were to get something out of it. But if you didn't know who they were, they come across very differently. It's it's a real mm-hmm. tough read, and that's why I'm looking forward to kind of the retelling, so we can get that character of Beerus, and we definitely got more Weiss in episode two. Because I yeah. I know a lot of people's initial response was just like, gosh, they seemed a lot more, more evil, mean yeah. here. And it's like, well, you got to kind of take it for what I, I mean. He's a god of mm-hmm. destruction. Which in the in the movies, we never see him actually destroy planets. We just hear him talk about it. Right. So maybe that's what makes it feel different is that we're visually seeing him doing his job as opposed to just talking big about it. Yeah. Like, I think if you compare the scene in Battle of Gods where we're introduced to Beerus with him waking up, like, that's just by far a better introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they just thought it would be they didn't want to open the new series with a like a scene by scene recap of something from the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I get the feeling maybe they're trying to make the characters mysterious by just, you know, just, oh, here are the, who are these people and what are they doing? But mm-hmm. it comes, it comes across at, to us as them just assuming we already know who these people are. Right. Which is an accurate assumption. I mean, if you're going into this, you pretty much know who they are. I mean, just judging by the success of the films and Xenoverse and not so much Battle Z, but yeah, I mean, we, we kind of do know who they are. Just going back to that comparison about introducing the characters, I agree. The Battle of Gods introduction to Beerus, I mean, you get that character immediately from the very start the laziness and the just scooching around and his relationship with Weiss I mean it's solidified within seconds there and we're not getting that here over in this version and we're gonna get into some stuff later on with which I think what you're saying really lends to people thinking Toei must assume everyone knows them and we're gonna get soon into when was he asleep when is he supposed to be asleep does this rewrite things entirely I mean just everything about how they're used just makes you think up questions in your head rather than enjoying what it is they're doing on screen. And uh, I think that makes this episode a little more complicated than it probably should be. I agree. I guess my one thing was I I really enjoyed how they kind of broke the story up, how you had like Goku farming with Goten, and then you can see Beerus and Whis off doing this. But then Satan's holding a press conference while Goten and Trunks are doing this. And I really like that they kind of jumbled a lot of things and for the most part yeah, made it yeah. work. And um, and then at the very end, you know, you get the Kaioshin like, oh, shit's about to get real. And you're like, oh, here we, we have go. two episodes now. And I already feel like it's getting a little old, though, the Kaioshin specifically. I know. He's really freaking out. Anything else about this episode? I I do want to talk about the music, and this can apply to both episodes. Norihito Sumitomo coming in from Battle of Gods, from Revival of F, from the Boo Arc of Kai. Definitely has something resembling a budget as opposed to zero budget from Kai here. It is uh, much more palatable, I would say, than Kai. It resembles a soundtrack. It does. <laughs> you mean that somebody put thought into? Um, the best thing I can say about it, though, is that I don't notice it. Uh, I definitely need to rewatch these episodes a few more times. Other than the recap music, which, of course, we're predisposed to recognizing because it's a rearrangement of Hedgehala, the recap music. Uh, I, I can't pick out any other tunes right now, but 
That is, of course, I need to rewatch it. How many years of viewing Dragon Ball Z do we have in our minds right now from Kikuchi's score there? You guys have any other thoughts on it? Um, As far as music goes, I really love the opening and I can't get it out of my head. Really? I want to challenge you on I, it. What do you like about it? I know. The I don't know what it is. I can't even explain it. It just, I like it. It's a thing. I like the opening, but I don't like the the short recap of the opening they use for the episode title. Card. I agree. Th- I would agree with that. Doesn't that remind you of the uh, the Kai um, eye catches, where it's like that cheap sounding version of Fight It Out? It yeah. It's it's not until it gets about halfway through the opening that it's like okay, there it is. That's what I like. I will preface that. Uh, what what do you think about the ending song? Hello, I hello, love hello. the ending. See, I want to stick yes. with the, the opening a little bit. Um, Kazuya Yoshi, who, again, I mean, from my generation, I only know him from the Yellow Monkey doing tactics from Kenshin. I like the song. I think his delivery is phoned in and not I energetic enough. I, I don't mm-hmm. get any kind of emotion from it. It just sounds like just kind of humming along with the song rather than performing the song. I, I get no feeling from it, and that makes me so sad. As opposed to the ending, I'm so glad they brought Good Morning America along for the ride because Hello, Hello, Hello is such a, a fun song, and it, it kills me that it's a minute long. I, I want this full-length version so bad. It's coming. I know. It's August. Coming. I know. August. I would agree with that. I've really fallen in love with Good Morning America. Yeah. I mean, if you go to their YouTube channel, you can listen to most of their songs. They're very well done. And I was really apprehensive about Dear Zarathustra at first. There was something about the vocal delivery. I don't know if it's just I felt like the band was a little too young and the voice sounded a little too squeaky to me. And that's not the right word to describe it. But that song grew on me so much. And I feel like... You know, for how much you watch Kai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much just listening to it in the car. Uh, The opening to Dragon Ball Super is the kind of song I feel like if you replace that singer with the singer from Good Morning America, I feel like that could bring it to what the potential of that song is. And that's what I wish we had here. I'm just I'm kind of curious to see how long they're going to be sticking with these theme songs. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. So this could be interesting because it's it's always weird when you go back like just go to even our theme guide on the website mm-hmm. and you look at dragon ball and dragon ball z and all of a sudden it's like gt and kai are just already combined those two small series way more theme music yeah. <laughs> than the previous two but it's just it's a generation thing how the anime industry has changed over the years right we don't get those iconic songs anymore that last for hundreds of episodes even with one piece i mean they come back to we are every so often because that was the one that started it but they move on whatever the i gotta say the most recent one piece opening i can't stand it mary likes it i can't deal with it i don't like it jake your thoughts on uh sumitomo's score here can't even like apart from the opening and ending i can't even like remember any of the music yeah yeah not good but not bad (laughs) sometimes it's weird because a good score can be where it's not distracting you i agree from what's happening i do agree but at the same time you almost want it to be kind of memorable because you can really tie a scene to the music that's happening 
so that every time you hear that music, that's what you think of. And to be fair, that's that's how we feel about the Kikuchi score. That's how American dub fans feel about the uh, Falconer production score. They We both think back to these iconic moments with memorable tunes, and I don't feel like Sumitomo has anything like that yet in anything that I've heard from him in any of the productions. But we're only two episodes into Super. This is going to be his chance to compose some of those iconic moment sound track kinds of jingles and then it's also up to the you know the music placement sound effect placement to kind of all work together to build those up in our heads so mm-hmm. I, I can't make that call after two episodes but so far it's i definitely like it better than what i heard from kai while we're on the subject of audio yes i thought now would be a great chance especially because we have jake here sure and he's not predisposed to anything because you and i have thoroughly watched the animated adaptation right Jake is more of manga, and there's nothing wrong with that because I love the manga. But we had a discussion kind of through Twitter that uh, the sound effects, we have a new sound effects artist. Mm -hmm. And I think, I know I especially noticed almost right away. And Jake, he didn't really notice as much. Is Is that something that... Other people have noticed. I didn't really look around. I mean, I totally felt that way. The The key instance is when Goten goes to do the Kamehameha, and it's not the sound effect we've heard mm-hmm. for decades. It, it's close. I mean, it's certainly a building up key kind of sound effect, but it's not the sound effect. The one thing I find weird is Arai Hidenori. Mm-hmm. Was the old sound effects design artist for drag? Well, everything up until Super. He worked for Fizz Sound. The new sound effects guy also works for Fizz Sound. Yeah, what's up here? Could they not just say, "Oh, here's all the stuff I've done over the years. You can use it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, did somebody literally say, "No, we're starting from scratch"? That's what I'm curious about because you would think he would have access to it, but yeah, apparently not. Jake, your take on sound effects? Didn't know, didn't I- care. <laughs> I still haven't noticed the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. If the sound effects aren't spelled out in the background, I overlook them. Gotcha. Um, I mean, there's more to talk about with episode one, but we're, we're too excited about episode two. We have to get into this. Guys, I ask you, the first half of this episode, is this not the greatest thing to ever be committed to Dragon Ball animation? Oh my God, that was so amazing. I, I really almost wanted to be at your house just so I could watch Mary. Like, just, <laughs> just losing her mind. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, but just, you just think, even when the preview last week for this episode came out, everyone's just like, oh my God. I have people were more excited about that episode mm-hmm. after episode one ended right, than anything right. else. And what was it about? that half of the episode is it it, there were little moments here and there and one thing i can point to in particular where basically we were doubled over crying and it's this little moment and you get this little thing of vegeta thinking back to the octopus after it's put down in front of him and he gets that smirk on his face like is little touches like that that's the character that's who we've grown to know and love over the years. And he's at this point in his life and that I can share that little moment with Vegeta in 2015. It warms my heart in such a weird way. And Ryo Horikawa just nails it. Oh, man. Did he bring it? It was awesome. So good. This is more or less the driving episode for Vegeta. It is, isn't it? It's just him in everyday situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the episode that everyone's always wanted. Yeah. Just never had. Right. I don't care how much fan service this is. It was 
<laughs> amazing. We've had glimpses here and there, like just the Batman shirt was kind of the tip of the iceberg with putting Vegeta into uncomfortable situations. And uh, the JSAT special, just him, Goku eating together at the end. This is kind of like the culmination of everywhere we could take Vegeta. Just it's delightful. It's absolutely delightful. And I loved every moment of it and uh just just everything about this it's not just him bulma as she's driving the hover flight thing and she gets that smirk on her face and she flies through the trees and flies underwater she knows exactly what she's doing and it's fucking hysterical well one the eating scene was awesome yeah but i love at the end when bulma and trucks are just like oh I'm surprised he lasts this long. Yeah, he made like, it they far. knew they were they were even shocked that he was there. Oh. I I don't think they could have done a better job with that. And I will say I think it was just enough. I think doing only half an episode dedicated yep, to that yep. was perfect. I think if they tried to draw that out for the entire episode, by the end it would have just been a little okay, I'm not really buying this as much mm-hmm. now. But I agree. That's as and long the fact as he that he left. leaves and they don't just say and they had a great vacation, and then we go off to a different storyline. Mm-hmm. That's what made it perfect. But at the same time, like speaking of it as fan service, do you think this is going to bring in like new viewers? What do you think people are just coming to the series fresh would make of this episode? I don't know, because is that even possible? I mean, this is the conversation that Toei and Shueisha have been having for a while, is how do we get new viewers? Is it even possible to get new viewers? Because Every new fan of Dragon Ball is likely coming in through the manga, if not heroes now. So is Vegeta just a character at this point that everyone knows and there's no such thing as a new fan of this character? Hmm. So I'm answering your question with another question. Is a lot of their thought process that, well, we just did Kai. Right. So of course everybody knows who Vegeta is. I mean, it's week to week. We led right into it. Right. Yeah. It's not Uh like the break that we had. It is a very good question, though, because I think it's one that I've even thought myself of some of this. I can understand where older fans are just going to eat it up. Mm -hmm. But if if your goal is to ultimately build it out, how does it really impact that? Well, I don't think this is the thing that draws in new fans. I think this is a supplemental material for the new Mm -hmm. fans that have already been made. Thanks, Bandai Namco. I mean, Toei and Shueisha are not the ones who are responsible for building the new fan base now. It's it's totally Bandai Namco. And I think they're doing their job appropriately here, which is we're not the ones who are going to get the new fans. Let's cater to the old fans and the new fans. And like you said, Heath, we came right off of Kai. We know who this character is now, Vegeta specifically there's nothing else they need to do they nailed it from that regard i would agree so the second half of the episode what did you guys think of that i know we really loved the first half but do you think it was strong all the way through i liked it it was beers versus the minions basically yeah (laughs) basically but i think they managed to set up like to establish that random alien planet really well in such a short time frame that's true yeah like, it feels a lot more distinctive than pretty much any of the planets we got in, like, GT and probably the manga, most of the planets in the manga, too. 
Right. Yeah. Just we, we understood who the regular civilians are, who their hero is, what everyone's there for. I mean, they came for the meat. Was it too much again, just like the Kaioshin are there to do exposition about, oh my God, is this too much again of, well, Beerus is here to just destroy a planet because we're two episodes in and I'm already done with this shtick. Hopefully we're we're done here though. There was this, the sort of the plot where Beerus is trying to remember his dream about Super Saiyan God and at the end, as he's destroying the planet, that's what makes him remember. Right. So now they're heading back to their like little planet, and mm-hmm. that's going to lead in next episode to them consulting the Oracle Fish. Right. It had a point, I guess. Yeah. There, there is, there has been progress, plot progress. I think my whole thing has just been: if you are not familiar with Battle of Gods, it just is a really weird setup in Super. If I had one complaint so far about the story it would be Beerus's side story leading up to this because there's just there's no real setup at all things are just merely hinted at yeah but either everybody knows or i guess it's really weird for me because i don't know how to come at it from a different perspective of not knowing i know we know too too much here i think if you go into super ignoring battle of gods beerus is kind of a crap character and weiss is the star here as much as i like weiss in battle of gods it's beerus who steals the show because it's his movie but weiss i mean star of the episode with the ho 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 <coughs> ho 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 i i I can't get over how well written and well performed that was. That was Jake. You were saying coming off of the first half of the episode here. Does the second half, you know, kind of stand up on its own. I think that one moment alone almost (laughs) makes it stand up on its own. Whis was a great character here and I'm just kind of sitting back waiting for Beerus to shine. I guess the other thing is that, do you think the, like, a lot of the second half feels like, well, we've got to get fighting into this episode yeah, somewhere. So it definitely does feel that way. And both both episodes have felt. You no, know, I would say the first episode felt like the Goten and Trunks story. How do we feel around that? Even though it was probably the opposite. Mm-hmm. The second episode feels like, all right, we're done with the trip. What do we do with the rest of the episode? Got to throw that fight in there. I mean, I did kind of like seeing that alien fight the dinosaur. I did too. But like hit the alien fighting Beers. I mean, it's kind of funny, uh, but. You know, it's like we know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I do like the foreshadowing of of Super Saiyan God. That's as far different, as, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, we're getting all these glimpses that we've never seen before, and it's totally different. Yet, it's weird because, like I said before, we know who that character is. <laughs> I mean, they've made it obvious who it's going to be, too. But yeah, right. it, it's so different because Battle of Gods was, I had a dream about this. And this is very much, I had a dream, too. But it's, mm-hmm. we're getting that, I mean, they got to fill time. So they're going to show some different things. And that's an easy thing to animate. It's like a shadow with sparkles. I mean, how hard can that be to animate? But it's, yeah. it's nice to see just something a little different. But it's just... It's weird because I almost feel like the preview for the next episode is, you know, where does the dream continue? Let's go find Super Saiyan we God. We kind of know where we're going And it's here. like, it's weird because of all the stuff that's happened already. There, you almost feel like this episode should have been f- somehow incorporated into the first one and these ones slid back farther mm-hmm. because this seems more like he's out kind of looking, but not. And I would have loved to have a setup of, like we talked about, him kind of waking up. Hey, I had this dream. And then he's trying to remember it. Mm-hmm. But we literally jumped into, hey, so I had this dream and I'm not really sure what it was about. Let's draw it out for two episodes. Right. And then let's go And then go now figure it out. I'll explain everything. Yeah. That's 
really my biggest complaint. But all the other parts of it, I feel like kind of, at least for me, make up for it. Because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed everything else. Overall, I liked it better than the first episode. But sort of like you said, the stuff with Beerus and Wiss and the Kaioshins would have felt even better if we didn't have the similar things happening in episode one. Yeah. And and thankfully, like I said, like I think we're all saying, as we look forward to episode three, it seems like we're done with that shtick and we're going to start the Battle of God story in, in earnest next episode mm-hmm. with retelling certain things again probably cruise ship and as opposed to the, the regular birthday party at Caps corporation so things are going on i think it'll be interesting um just how we already have seen they're taking elements from the film mm-hmm. and while they're very very similar they're slightly adjusting them to either different locale right, or right. different characters kind of involved in this but heath which is real which happened i know but i like it because it is different it's not so much oh this is literally what we've seen which is kind of what we were complaining about a little bit ago fair enough in a way i do like that they're kind of changing this and personally i think a party on a cruise ship would be a hell of a lot more fun than just going to capsule corp Mm -hmm. but that's just me they're making it like flow there's a logical progression so like this episode they go to that uh, tropical resort because of that promise vegeta made back in the buark right and while they're there bulma sees a cruise ship and she's like ah that'd be a good place for my birthday party right right and so the next episode her birthday on a cruise ship so it's not like they it's not like well in this version it's a cruise ship for no reason Mm -hmm. there's a sequence I think is a nice touch. And yeah. and that also, I think, bodes to the fact that they have a weekly episode. They can really draw stuff out. Yeah, yeah. We got to get much used as they to want. That. Whereas when you're in a movie, I mean, you are confined to what you can do. And there's a lot of jumping around back and forth. So in a way, this is kind of nice to actually get things explained yeah. <laughs> a little bit as we're going, except for the uh, Beerus thing, apparently. Guys, we have probably so much more we could talk about. We have a lot of questions on Twitter, which I think will help us get to some of those other topics. The last thing before we hit some of these Twitter topics that I definitely want to hit was uh, the animation itself. This is an animated TV series. It's not a movie. So we definitely had different expectations in that regard. Um, so I want to just kind of toss this around a little bit. Jake, what were you expecting going in to a Dragon Ball animated TV TV series in 2015 and do you think it lived up to or exceeded that maybe i think it lived up to my expectations i mean i wasn't expecting like jaw-droppingly gorgeous animation i've seen people around like on twitter the forums just saying like ah oh, this is bad you know this animation is really bad. i don't feel and that I, way yeah like watching the episodes nothing really jumps out to me like oh this is, this is bad this is, it yeah. Nothing's taking me out of the episode. Right. Well, I was just going to say that I've also spent most of this year watching 60s Doctor Who, so my <laughs> standards for quality have probably been lowered. <laughs> it drops just a little. Right. All right, Heath, what um, do you think? Overall, I've actually thought it's been really good. Yeah. Um, I It's been very fluid. We haven't had too many really awkward shots, and for the most part, the characters have, I felt, been fairly on model and i guess more so consistently the characters have consistently looked the same right now we're only two episodes in so who knows where it can go totally change but no they definitely seem to pull out better animators for this um it's i would almost say this has exceeded my expectations because going in i knew what toei's workload already was and what they could do if they felt Mm -hmm. like not doing that and a lot of things anymore are outsourced, so you just never know what you're going to get from that. Um, but the key animation has all been internal so far, 
So I really don't have too many complaints. I mean, yeah, there are little things here and there if you really want to get super nitpicky, but I don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be fun enjoying this. And like Jake said, I haven't really had anything pull me out of the episode and just go, oh my God, what was that? Like, and completely take me out of things. Um, I guess I would say where Beerus is fighting the alien in the second episode I mean, what but were you I expecting? I don't know if that's it's more TV because Come on. I already knew that was coming. Yeah. So it it didn't take me out of anything. Yeah. I, I hate to tell people, but it's it's a weekly TV series. You you are not going to get top-notch animation every week. That's just the way it is. If you've lived through Dragon Ball Z, you should know this by now. So if you can get a 90% decent, good-looking episode, right. you take it and you run with it because that is good. Agreed. Yeah, this is this is a household that is still watching Sailor Moon Crystal every episode. Not myself. I want to make it clear. I'm tuning in from afar. We've seen the depths of Toei here, and two episodes in, Dragon Ball Super is not that. Jake, you have some yeah. last thoughts on this before we... Okay, the only thing that's really bugged me was has been the reuse of footage from Z. Thank you. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> They're using Kai footage. Is what they're using. Well, um, I mean, the first episode I can see because we just came off of Kai and it's a recap. So that makes sense. So I think we're all mostly talking about the scene of the flashback to Vegeta's promise here, w- which was Kai footage. I almost banged my head against the wall and go, why did you not reanimate this? Like you're putting all this money into doing this and you're going to skimp out on like a 15 second clip. Really? But it's Toei. That's what they do. Right. I can understand from a business perspective why you would do it. It's footage that exists. It's there. It's not brand new. We're trying to tie this in with Z. It's easy. It's cheap. Yeah. At the same time, it's like, really, guys, you're already in there doing all new stuff. 15 seconds really going to kill you. All right. Let's move on to Twitter questions here. Um, Jonathan and Mark and Johnny were asking about animation. I think we just covered it there. Um, Here's a good question from Scott. How do you think they'll fit Shampa into all this, seeing as we're going into Battle of Gods territory now? Yeah. Do we think Shampa is going to be incorporated into what we would call the Battle of Gods arc? I mean, we see him in the opening with what we presume is his attendant. Or is that going to come maybe in between arcs? What do you guys think? If I had to guess, I think he's not going to show up until they get to the Universe 6 material. Yeah. So that's a ways off then. Yeah. But he might put in like a very short, like a teaser appearance here and there. But I don't think he's going to properly enter the story until they've wrapped up uh, Battle Gods and Revival of F. Okay. So not like meeting Goku and being a part of that ongoing story. Maybe we'll get like we have now with Beerus and Whis, where they have their own side story going off in this corner of our universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which brings up a weird point, if you think about it. Um, Revival of F, if they really wanted to, you could literally fit that into a two episodes he could i don't think they will i think if they don't think they will if they're truly going to retell that there's a lot they could do i saw some people talking about this i think it's a great i'm just talking about like the events of the movie itself yeah there's all the lead up right you could do maybe that's where i'm going i've seen some people suggest this i would love to see it that's more jocko and that's why does he know that this is happening 
who has he been in contact with and his flight down here. I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can, I mean, I'm super biased. I love Jocko. I want to see more of that. Do you think we'll get like a Jocko special, like similar to the Bardock and Trunks specials back in Z? I think we could. I don't think they will. It's a possibility. I would love to see it if it was well done. If it was up to the caliber of those two TV specials in particular. Oh my God, I would love that. Would it just be, would it be him on Earth or him actually out in space? No, retelling the events of the manga itself as kind of like a Jocko TV special. I think that's a great idea. I I never thought about it from that perspective. I don't think we will. I think we'll simply just get him incorporated, just like in Revival of F, where it's, do you know him? No? Oh, well. Here, here he is. Oh, that again. Uh, all right, let's go on to some more questions here. A uh, question from someone whose name is basically like a big smiley face abs, maybe. Do you think we'll see the red-haired Super Saiyan God form from Vegeta? We already know Goku will achieve it in the series. Yeah, we know that from the opening um, to the show here. What do we think about Vegeta? Do you think we will get that explanation of why he's suddenly blue? <laughs> Well, I'd like to see it, but I don't know if they will necessarily. I think this is their opportunity to do so. And I'm the kind of person where I'm generally okay not explaining things. I kind of don't need to know or care how he was able to do it. Sorry, we're spoiling Revival of F here. But if they do it, you're not going to complain. Right, I'm not going to complain. I don't think they need to. I don't need to know why he did that or exactly what Freeze's training is. I think those are the logical places they can expand into an Mm -hmm. arc for what is otherwise just an hour and a half of story. If we don't see it in Super, then it's definitely going to be playable in Heroes before too long. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I don't know if we will see it. Um... Gosh, I don't even know how I really feel about it. I'm very impartial because we know how it happens. At some point, they're going to have to get so many science together and do the ritual. Right. Is it going to be one less or is Pawn going to be born earlier and that affects the 28th tournament? There's just so much there. So I don't know. Does Tarble show up? All right. More more questions here. Got this from Austin from a few other people. What do you think the third arc of Super after the so-called retcon or retelling Battle of Gods and Revival of F will be about? Expectations? Thoughts? I mean, we know they're going to Universe 6, but what is the story there? I mean, it sounds like Super Dragon Balls, right, Jake? Yeah. Toriyama has explicitly said that they're going to the next, the universe next door. You were going to say cer- they're going to the next dimension. I heard you say it. Okay. But anyway, so they're, they, they're going there in search of gigantic super dragon balls and in addition the uh, super start guide has this kind of like this the concept behind super a summary of that and it mentions a mysterious phenomenon where planets near earth are disappearing Mm, right which might be referencing uh, you know beerus just going around blowing stuff up but it, it phrases that in a way it like says you know in this series we're have in addition to beerus and frieza there's you know mysterious vanishing planets so it sounds like that's separate from Beers and might be related to the Universe 6 stuff. Mm. Yeah, maybe Shampa's already destroyed everything in his universe and he's getting bored coming over destroying stuff here. <laughs> yeah. He's out of his jurisdiction, so they have to stop him. Right. That could be a could thing. Could be. Uh, let's see. Josh here. Opinion on how much screen time they're giving Goku's, Vegeta's, and Beerus's respective plot lines. It's like half episodes here and there. I think it's been, like we were saying, everything felt okay, although we're ready for Beerus to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. I think they've been, for the most part, moving at a fairly good pace. Um, I haven't felt super bored until the Beerus stuff comes on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that was even more so in the second episode. Okay. 
Moving on, more questions here. Uh, Emma asks, the many references we've had, pizza and caroni, the Zarbon Dodoria fruits, the possible tights or idol reference made by Weiss. So let's go through these. Um, I mean, if you've followed along with our episode guide on the site or the new videos are trying out, pizza and caroni were Mr. Satan's uh, promoter, one of his disciples, respectively, from Filler back in the Cell Games. And we do have to make everyone's pointing this out to us. There is a big dude over in the green suit over on the side. We didn't see his face. We didn't want to make the call if it was him. So that's definitely a reference. Oh my God, is filler now oh, canon? Poroshki? Yes, exactly. He is mentioned in the Super Stark Guide as well. Is he? It was this little info thingy where it's like, oh, you know, it explains the reference to Caroni and Poroshki. Okay. But doesn't mention pizza for some reason. Interesting. So, Which is weird because, I mean, he's... Clearly, I think a lot of us can agree that's who it is. Right. But why would you insert a filler character like that as a reference and then chop off his head? Maybe there was another scene that was closer up that they got for time. I mean, who knows? Yeah. What was it's going just, on and there. my favorite part is they go to do the lights and he literally just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So there was that in episode one. Episode two, this was probably the best reference, most subtle kind of thing ever. Uh, the two fruits sticking out of Vegeta's hair there. Uh, Jake, can you explain what the pun is? Well, one of them is a Dorian fruit and the other, the other is a pomelo. And pomelo in Japanese is Zabon, which is where Zarbon's name comes from. And Dodoria's name is from Durian. So it's a reference to Zarbon and Dodoria. And that is absurdly cute. Love it. And then Emma mentions here the possible tights slash idol reference made by Whis. We said something about an idol. What was going on there? Is this explicitly tights or is it just kind of a throwaway thing? No. Well, in Battle of Gods, Beerus mentions his prophetic dream and then Whis is like, you know, your dreams aren't very accurate. You There was a time when you dreamed that a pop idol would be moving in with us and that never happened mm-hmm. and so they recycle this very same line for episode two like pretty much word for word gotcha and so, so battle of gods was before Jocko came out and there is the big question of how much had toriyama been meaning to do and reworked Jocko, and then got stuck on battle of gods came back to Jocko. so who knows there i mean if nothing else it's nothing new for super mm-hmm. so there's that but i don't know yeah it's like we don't know if Toriyama had anything directly to do with that line back when it was written. Right. So... I I personally just took it as a general statement. Just a general joke. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, we, I guess I should point out, for anyone who hasn't read Jocko, Tights is not a pop idol. Right. But she is used, at, uh, this is spoiling it, but she's used as a stand-in for the pop idol, uh, what is her name? An Azuki. Yeah, that's it. To go into space. Right. Even if it's a Jocko reference, it'd be a reference to Azuki rather than Tights. Got it. Let's see, we've got some other questions here. Luke asking about Goten's tractor driving skills. We talked about that. Kind of greatest thing ever. Um, it was awesome. Oh, I should be not looking over here. What? There's a cliff? <laughs> uh, it's like they replaced... The saber tiger. Right, right. Goten. And Gohan falling in, in the tree, right. Um, Emperor Big D, is Videl pregnant three and a half years earlier? How little affect the end of Z? We talked about that a little bit. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, here's another one of the big pink elephants in the room that we were talking about, Heath, you and I, ahead of time. Jose asks, not even a question, just a statement. Joji Yanami. Um, we're all pretty much heartbroken here, right? Completely. That, even in the first episode, yeah. I... That was very hard to listen to. It was. And like I was saying, I'm already getting a little choked up here. Joji Yanami and Masako Nozawa are the voices of the franchise. I cannot fathom watching something without them. Yanami was already not sounding like himself in Battle of Gods, but I think he faked it pretty well. 
He was not in Revival of F at all. No narration. No narration, even. which was very, very strange. I mean, not super strange for the previous Toei movies, but very strange for modern productions. The stuff he did for the Boo Arc of Kai likely finished a year, if not two years ago. I mean, for his stuff in particular, they know what the episode titles are going to be. They know what the next episode narration is going to be. They can record that in giant chunks, especially when we hit episode two here. And Kaio is written like Kaio has always been written. And to hear Yanami not be able to do that, I wanted to cry as much as I was laughing with the rest of the episode i i it was it was awful you just you feel so bad too because it's just like we we all complained that he wasn't going to be in it right and that it would be different and then we get it and then we rejoiced because hurts. they announced he would be back and then now you listen to him and you just go gosh i i really hate to say it but maybe he shouldn't have and i want him there that's the thing i want I, I want to hear you but i don't want to hear you like that but i want to, oh and Jake, you're coming from the mostly manga perspective, but I saw you pretty much had the same reaction. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's pretty much the voice of the franchise. So, I mean, even with me, I don't watch the anime too much, but he's unavoidable. And he's just the perfect narrator and the perfect voice for Kaio. And yeah, it's like his narration still almost kind of works. Be- like, I think you can do that kind of very low energy narration. Mm-hmm. But for the character of Kaio, it's just it's not, it doesn't match the way the character is written. Yeah, or his facial expressions. It, it, yeah, he, he can't do it, and it's like ugh. maybe they should have if if they wanted to have him at all, maybe they should have recast Kaio but kept him for the narration, mm-hmm. or just written Kaio differently. But if you write yeah. Kaio differently, then he's not Kaio anymore. Uh, I don't know. No. It's just very sad, it's, and I mean, it's so hard. It's like, what's going to happen going forward? I mean, unless he makes a miraculous recovery, this isn't going to get, this is just going to get worse. That was the other thing that crossed my mind. Are we going to be going, you know, 50 episodes into this and he's still around? Or is it going to, somebody just going to say, okay, we need to move on. Then just write the whole Kyle thing is like, why did you bring him in in the first place? Yeah. But it, it, it yeah, I... It was just very, very sad. And then you get into the funny things, and in the back of your head, you're just going, oh my gosh, Joji, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, Kaio's there for an obvious reason, that we're redoing Battle of Gods, and you kind of can't do that without Kaio. He's kind of the, the catalyst for introducing these two sets of characters to each other. You need him there. I don't know. It's heartbreaking is the only word I can use, and it's heartbreaking to continue to have this discussion. So I'm going to put it behind us and turn things over to Stacy here, who says, the vegetable feels. Uh, I mean, how we're getting to see quality family time that has rarely been shown before. I think we talked about this. We loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Give me more. (laughs) I think it's these slice of life episodes is something that a lot of people have kind of asked for. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just... From being around the series for so long. We need this. I, I know a lot of people love the series for its action and its battle scenes. And, and those are great. But I think it's these episodes that really add depth to the characters. Agreed. Especially yep. like even for Goku, re-solidifies how much his nature is to just want to fight, to be better, to get stronger. Just he cannot be an ordinary person. These people are aliens living on earth oh my god i mean <laughs> the end of that first episode where he does it like oh, like he's so excited to abandon his family again <laughs> and chi-chi's just like well you gave me a crap ton of money <laughs> so waving her hand whatever, whatever whatever yeah so how do you think this uh 
how do you think Goku's parenting skills compare to Vegeta as portrayed in Super? I don't know. They're they're kind of equal to each other in very different ways, aren't they? Like one's super involved, one's not. But well, yeah, because it's like Goku went and did it because Chi Chi said he had to. And by the way, best line in the first episode is Goten telling Goku that he thinks Chi Chi is actually the strongest of all right, of them. I agree. Good stuff. <laughs> but um, or has the most power. I can't remember how he phrased it. Right. But yeah, he goes and does that for his family. But as soon as he can get out of it, he's gone. And Vegeta is very much the same way. He made a promise. He's an honorable man. He stuck to it. <laughs> he put it in but his he time. he only did it as long as he possibly could. And then he is out of there. Yep. So do you think if, like, I guess we've liked these parts of the first two episodes, but how long do you think they can keep this up before it'll just get kind of boring like the beer stuff? I think one more. The next episode we're going to get Kriden, 18, Maron, Yamcha, Tenshinan, Chaozu. And I think that's enough for half, if not three quarters of an episode to get caught up with everyone. The way things are really setting up at this point it really does even give off the vibe of we're moving away from this pretty quickly yeah here in the next episode or two but just let's take this establishing time reintroduce the characters again and then we'll get going yeah i mean even if you just look at the last two episode titles alone and compare it to the third Mm -hmm. i mean it seems like okay now we're going with a title that even though beerus has been looking for super saiyan god in a way in the last two episodes, now we're actually making that a focal point mm-hmm. of the episode. Right. So uh, I'm kind of curious even how much of Bulma's party we're going to see just based on the episode title. Yeah, yeah. Here's a, so, here's a funny thought. Uh, Nakagawa hasn't been announced for the Oracle Fish. You think we're going to get her back? <laughs> I was curious about that. I don't know. And Jake, you pulled out a fun tidbit from the Superstar Guide about how the Oracle Fish's fed well yeah it says that wis uh, feeds her three times a day which i first saw this just it's in a random there's like this little column and it just mentions this with no context and i'm like why in the world did the, like why is that a thing and then later it there's a page from the script for episode three where it's actually uh beer threatens the oracle fish by like saying like you if you don't help us rem- if you don't remember your prophecy we're gonna cut you down to two meals a day Got it. So it was so, probably from the script, and then someone said, well, I yeah. guess we feed the three. Yeah, so this is all going to be incorporated into my upcoming Oracle Fish feeding guide. Oh, excellent. That's the next big feature guide on Konzenju. Right after the timeline. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll put the pages together. You put the text in. Sounds good. Mike, you can get some images. I'll do some screen caps. Yep, this is how we were. And Julian can take the kids to the pool. This is how things roll here. Um, that's pretty much all the the big questions on Twitter that we've seen. I tossed that, that question earlier today. So if you didn't get your question in soon enough, you're not following us on Twitter, get those questions in. Um, I kind of want to start wrapping things up, but Jake, I will ask you, is there anything else in the Super Stark Guide, fun little tidbits or things we can look forward to? I mean, it definitely seemed to be a... Well, we've got two episodes done, and here are maybe a couple things that are sort of almost done for episodes three and four, and look forward to it. Yeah, so we do know that episode three is going to, in addition to Beerus and the Oracle Fish, it's going to have uh, the Pilaf gang apparently try fishing and also trying to infiltrate to try to steal the Dragon Balls. Okay. So sort of like in Battle of the Gods, they'll be crashing the party. Got it. it I looks, am so looking forward to this. It looks like it'll play out a lot differently than in the movie version. Got it. Are there any, like, character designs for oh, them? But, oh, no. Uh, I think it does, but it's just recycled from Battle of Gods. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of recycled Because I'm kind of curious. I know other people have asked it. 
are they going to explain how they became children? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's another one of those things where Super is a great place to fill in those stories. So I, it doesn't go over that from what I can see, but it, it actually, most of the guide is basically just character design sheets mm-hmm. and it does look very nice, but there's something very annoying about, um, like with the f- female version of Wiss, it has her character design sheet and it's just labeled question mark, question mark, question mark. Right. I saw that. And it's like, there's something very, I know this thing is just here to like help. Uh, get people excited for the show but it's like it's called a guide it's like it's it's just not being very helpful well and what do you think the deal is with that with with giving us a name for this character is that too much of a reveal of something i mean i have to assume it's just going to be another alcohol fun if they're not decided what it is yet that's the thing i I feel like they're trying whatever toriyama is drunk on at the time Yeah. yeah i feel like they're trying to cover their laziness by making it seem like there's some big mystery with her name or probably not yeah yeah Unless it just turns out that she's actually named Wiss. That, that's the thing is we did have that line in Revival of F. I'm just a, a being named Wiss, perhaps. So is that what we're going to get where they're all kind of like this hive mind thing? Yeah, something like that. Because hmm. one thing I was thinking is maybe these Wiss characters are the only ones that can travel in between universes. Mm-hmm. Hence, we got the, you know... Weez can mess with time, rewind things. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't know why they haven't named her. Right. But I'm still going to stick around. Or if it's a her. I mean, we're assuming it's a her. We <laughs> all thought Weez was a her in the don't very first faraway shot. Yeah, yeah. Somehow we managed to record this podcast. I wasn't entirely convinced it was going to happen today. Uh, I'm glad we did. So we're uh, we're on we're on a weekly schedule for a new TV series. And that's crazy to me. That is weird. What a weird time. It just seems like yesterday when we're just like, oh my God, the Kanzenbahn are coming out. This is <laughs> I know, amazing. Right? It seemed like yesterday when we were saying now is a great slow time to combine websites. There's nothing going on. I, I will say, though, our timing could not have been more perfect because I think we would all be just dead. We wouldn't be able to do it now. We would have no, thrown our hands up no. in the air and said, fuck it. Don't care. If we wouldn't have combined at that point, which is, it almost makes me be like, God, if we could have just done it like two years sooner or something. I know, I know. Uh, Would have been a lot better then. It was the logistics. I guess overall, what were people's final thoughts? Mike. Yes, I'm having fun. I still have some reservations. Um, I'm very internally conflicted on this retelling versus incorporating existing stories, specifically Battle of Gods and Revival of F. Um, I'm all aboard the Toriyama don't give a fuck train, but I'm also aboard the you just sold me these movies and now you tell me that it didn't happen this way kind of camp i don't know how to describe it i feel both ways um and they're both fighting inside my head they're both little monkeys with symbols hitting each other you can see both perspectives i can i'm such a moderate person aren't i yes uh yeah well i guess we'll go over the jake now then your uh your overall impression super so far i guess i'm cautiously optimistic i'm uh, still in my phrase oh well but it's a good I phrase mean- similar to you like i guess i can see both sides of the at them retelling the movies but I won't be able to fully make up my mind until they're done with it. Right. Like, to see how they handled it overall. Yeah. Because with uh, Battle of Gods, and especially a Revival of F, it seemed like there was a lot of stuff they that really could have been fleshed out and improved by fleshing it out. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will be a good opportunity to make those stories into something a bit more substantial. Yeah. Or maybe it'll just be a lazy cash-in 
Mm-hmm. Who knows? Right. Which makes me wonder how people are really going to feel if if certain things aren't elaborated on and fleshed out. Be like, what's the point? Or people are just going to be like, this was a complete waste of my time. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, I think it's particularly weird with Revival of F not even being out yet on home, on home video. I mean, it's coming out, what, October? And we probably won't get to that part of the story by then, or we'll only be getting to it around that point. It just seems like strange timing to me. And, and not only that, they haven't even broadcast it on tv yeah and maybe they I won't mean, usually they they will show it yeah so that's weird yeah it's odd i don't know how they're going to handle it this production strikes me so much of what funimation has to deal with sometimes where they get one thing but then the next thing comes out and like the position they're in now where could the boo arc of kai i mean we already said how irrelevant it was in japan could the boo arc of kai be any more irrelevant for a north american release now i know and it just keeps getting pushed back more and more and and not just from the oh super is hot oh the new frieza movie is hot but also their blu-rays for the boo arc just recently came out like how do you get people excited about the same thing over and over and the fact that we're having that in japan now strikes me as similar and strange and what what you do is you don't even release them on blu-ray you just make them digital downloads yeah (laughs) and just say hey we have no production costs and uh wow we can give it to you for a little cheaper i don't know i don't I honestly have no idea what they're going to do with that. And unfortunately, it's already done. Right. That's the worst and we, part. We know that. I mean, it seems to be, <laughs> if it's not completely done, it's like 99% done. It may as well be done. Uh, um, I guess my thoughts are I'm loving this and really, I'm just enjoying it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to go into each episode of just, I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. Um, I know when I watched Kai live, a lot of it was more... I'm just doing this because I have to document it on the website. And um, this is more, I'm watching this to enjoy it, which even I think the first time I saw Battle of Gods was more of a, and it's, it's weird because I know a lot of people may not relate to relate to this very well, but I will go into something and it's more, I'm not watching this to enjoy it. I'm watching it because I know I have to document it. Mm -hmm. So I pay attention to things differently. Yeah. And I'm I'm really trying not to do that this time. And I think it's made things so much easier, so much nicer. Um, and and I am. I'm just having fun. And I'm hating that I have to make a new page every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long um, do you think we'll do the uh, we have an episode guide within 12 hours thing? Probably another week or so. That's about it. I think it's going to depend. Depends on the context it, and yeah, the content of the episode. That and our schedules. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If someone wants to pay me, I can definitely justify being here every Saturday. But and I think that's part of the problem too. Is for most of us, this is a Saturday evening. Yeah. So well, it's just it's difficult. Well, except for Jake, Saturday afternoon. But we need to start a Kickstarter. It's like sponsor our twelve-hour uh, episode guide updates. Not even just that. I mean, if you will pay our meet or exceed all four of our annual salaries, um, that would be great. And then we can do this as much as you want. That'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have any venture capitalists. Um, you were talking about starting a healthcare yeah, program? Yeah. Is that? Okay. I, I could use some medical insurance. <laughs> Everyone just goes on. Well, Jake, unfortunately, you're you're the only one that married. You don't have someone else's healthcare plan to go on. <laughs> no, just, sil- just oh, sad silence. <laughs> 
right. Let's bring it to a close then. I've just depressed Jake. Uh, so I have been Mike. That has been Heath. That has been Jake. We tried to get everyone. We actually tried to have a five-person show here. Uh, it couldn't work out due to various reasons. but uh, Mostly because of Mike. It's my fault. Everything is always my fault. Just blame it on me. Um, so that's been the first two episodes of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, you can check out the episode guide on Konsenshu. We have a summary. We have a breakdown of notes. Heath is a crazy madman doing all the documentation of all the credits. I mean, you want to know who the animators were. You want to know who the voice actors were. We got all that jazz. Um, and I'm trying out the new thing, these video versions of the episode notes, just to, I mean, it's very transparent, just trying to hit the new audience over on YouTube. Uh, apparently people watch videos in 2015 who would have thought so that's crazy i'm gonna try doing that too we'll see how it goes and then of course we have the podcast here a lot of people like to call me out recently for saying a weekly podcast did that i say we've been doing this since i think november 2005 done almost 400 episodes that's as weekly as any reasonable human being can possibly do step off we're trying we always try. Especially when it's not your job. Right. No more than weekly. No more than weekly. That's right. That's the promise we make you. So let's bring it to a close. Uh, Heath, tell the fine people where can they find Kanzenshu. You can find us at www.kanzenshuu.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, the Tumblers, the tweets, the things... We're everywhere. I don't know what else to say. So condensenshu.com. Jake, you get final word. Kill the episode, please. I think he killed the episode. I think Jake just left us. That's it. Been a pleasure, folks. See ya.